Happy, happy Father's Day. Do me a favor. Will all the dads in the house please stand up? Yeah. Come on. Happy Father's, man. happy Father's Day, gentlemen. You may sit down. Happy Father's Day to you guys at home as well. I am a proud father of two young men. And I think I speak for all of us as fathers that what we want to do in raising up our children is make children, more importantly, create men that will be godly men. I think all of us as fathers want to leave some sort of legacy, some tradition, so they ultimately if you have boys, they ultimately could be better men than we could ever have been. I do that with my boys. As a matter of fact, there's two things my wife says quite often. Sometimes she goes, I, you're just like your father. And then sometimes she goes, oh, you're just like your father. See, whether we like it or not, our children are going to pick up on things There's certain legacies, there's certain traditions that we leave behind. One of the things that I've noticed in my boys as they've grown up is the tradition or the legacy that I'm leaving behind of them loving the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, it makes me so proud. (laughs) The other thing that I've noticed is the fact that they're starting to like Luis Miguel. Yeah. My boys are probably embarrassed right now, but they are. We've got this tradition that every time we're coming home from a family trip, right about about the eight-minute marker before coming home, we put on the Luis Miguel medley, and I'm singing to the top of my lungs. And just coming back this two weekends ago, I looked through the rear view mirror. My boys are lip-singing to Luis Miguel. Again, so proud, so proud. Sundays, they know, I hope they know that it's a family day. Church, hanging out with family. As a matter of fact, my oldest is in College Station, and we still FaceTime them every Sunday. Those are the traditions, the legacy, the habits I want to leave behind to my boys. But the most important legacy that I try to leave is that I hope that when they ask, who was your father? Now I'm long gone. They could say, my dad was a man in love with Christ. To me, that is the most important thing above all else. Men, what legacy are you leaving behind? Or let me ask you, what legacy do you want to leave behind? There's a difference. I know as men, we want the best for our children. Fathers, if you've got boys, I know you want them to be godly men. I know that's your desire But how are you acting? Are you living that way? Are they picking up those habits of being a godly man? Gentlemen, I believe when it comes to being godly men, we are failing. Look around. I don't need to say much. Look at where we're headed. Men are not being godly men anymore. We've got plenty of males in the world. I know it. We're lacking godly men, real men. So what I want us to do for the remainder of our time to celebrate Father's Day, I want us to see what makes a godly man. And I love what 
Dr. John MacArthur says. He says, as the men go, so does our nation. Isn't that true now? Our nation is getting farther and farther away from God because we are not being men stepping up to the plate and creating future godly men in our sons. And it's been like that from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, we see in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, look what God is saying through the prophet Ezekiel. He says this, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Not a single man was able or willing to stand up. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search her squares to see if you can find a man, one who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. Most men today are not men of justice, are not men of truth. So we're going to get very practical. And we're going to define what it takes to be a godly man. And the quick and easy definition that I want you men to remember is this. Godly men must be providers and protectors. Not easy, but that's what we're called to do. Be a provider and a protector. So I'm going to list for you eight lessons Eight lesson. I'm a man. I know that a list is good. Maybe this will help you remember. Very practical. Eight lessons on how we should be a godly man. Before I go any further, I, I watched a sermon by John MacArthur, and I know you give credit to where credit is due. I gleaned so much for this sermon based on his sermon. And what we're going to see is this man, Solomon. And if you don't know who this man was, God appeared before Solomon and asked Solomon, you can have anything you want. And this man, Solomon, the son of King David, said, above all else, I want wisdom. Above all else, I want godly wisdom. And God gives him wisdom. The wisest man that ever lived next to Jesus Christ was this man Solomon. And we're going to see a whole bunch of verses from the book, one of the books that he wrote in Proverbs. Most of the chapters and verses written in Proverbs was written by Solomon. And as a matter of fact, the first seven chapters, Solomon begins his verses writing instructions to his son. It's evident. For example, we see in chapter 1, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. My son, if you receive my words, chapter 2, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, chapter 3, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, chapter 4, verse 1. My son, be attentive to my word, chapter 5, verse 1. My son, keep my words, chapter 6, verse 1. The first seven chapters and most, again, of the Proverbs are instructions, are lessons given by the wisest man so that his son, his children could become godly men. So let's begin. Lesson one. We must teach our children to fear God. Above all else, we must implant in our children's heart the fear of God. 
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 10, I mean, chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This word fear is, is reverence. We must teach our young men to trust God, to worship God, to fear God. God must be first in their lives. I'll never forget, years ago, I was leading a kids' camp here at Grace Bible Church, and I was in charge of some sixth-grade boys. And in our breakout session, I asked each single child, if there was one thing you could change about your dad, what would it be? Several of the boys said that he spent more time at home. He's always working. He's always doing his thing. I'd love for my dad to be more at home with us, with his family. But one little boy's response really got to my heart, and he said, I wish my dad would know more about God so he could teach me about God. Men, we are called to be the spiritual leaders in our house. We are called to stand up and guide our family towards God. We are called to teach our children to fear God, but yet we are failing miserably. Let me share some statistics with you. Any given Sunday, 61% of the people attending church are females. Most women or more women come to church than guys do. That's not being a man. Did you know this? This blew me away. Mother's Day is a Sunday where church attendance goes up. As a matter of fact, it's ranked number three. Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day. Women are hungry to be led, men. Spiritually led. Women want men to come to church to know about God so they can know about God. You know what Father's Day is as far as church attendance? Way at the bottom. If you're here, if you're watching on TV, thank you, man. Thank you for making Sunday a priority. Because this statistics tells me, this is what it tells me, that when a wife wakes up and it's Mother's Day, says, Honey, I want to go to church. Can we go to church as a family? And sure enough, that's why attendance goes up. But on Father's Day, this is the way I imagine it. The wife asked the husband, honey, what do you want to do? I want to go play golf. I want to have a carne asada. I'm going to start the brisket early. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to grill in a little bit. But Sunday, God comes first. As a matter of fact, every day, God comes first. We need to teach that to our children If we want to make future godly men, we need to start by showing them who God is, to trust God, to put him first. Listen to this. When a mother comes to Christ, her family will join her at church only 17% of the time. On the flip side, when a father becomes a Christian, when a father trusts Jesus Christ, when a father comes to church... The family will follow 93% of the time. Isn't that amazing? God has called us to be men, real men, to lead our families to Christ. And church, I believe it's about time that men man up, that men stand up and love God. And men become the spiritual leaders of their household. 
as God has called us to be. Lesson two, guard your hearts. Guard your heart. We need to teach our future men to guard their hearts. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. My son, do not forget my teaching, but learn let, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Chapter 6, verse 20, my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching, but bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Now, when you see this word heart in the Bible, it, it mostly always means who you are. And so we need to guard our hearts. Our hearts will direct our paths. We need to teach our children, our boys, to be men of character, to watch their language, to watch what they watch, to watch what they listen to, protect their hearts to read the word continuously, to be led by the Spirit, to be led by God's word, not by what the world says. Godly wisdom should be the direction we should all as men walk towards. Lesson three, select your friends. We need to teach our boys to watch out who they hang around with. Proverbs 1, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Chapter 4, verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of, of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Don't stop. Look away. Proverbs 18, 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think we've all heard this saying, tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. That's biblical, I believe. We need to be careful who our young men hang out with. We need to be careful who we hang out with. We need friends that are seeking godly wisdom. We need, we need friends that, moved, that are moving in the direction of Christ. We need friends that will build us up, not tear us down. We need friends that can hold us men accountable. Let me say that again. We need friends as men that hold each other accountable. So important. This leads me to my next lesson. Lesson four, control your desires. Control your desires, men. If we want godly men in our boys, we need to show them how to control their desires. Proverbs 6, do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. 
Chapter 6, verse 32, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He, do, he who does it destroys himself. Men, we need to be careful. Control our desires. Nobody, listen to me, nobody is immune from this. We need to hold each other accountable as men. We need to make a covenant with our eyes, with our heart, with our desires. As a group of men, I've been through a book called Every Man's Battle. And we've made a covenant, I've made a covenant to do that. As a matter of fact, look around, everywhere you look, there's sex on TV, on the billboards, everywhere. And as I'm driving down the street and I know there's a billboard that I shouldn't be looking at, I look away purposely. We need to do the same, men. I don't have a communication with anybody, even if she's my friend alone. And if I do, I always tell my wife, hey, listen, I talk to so-and-so. I let my wife look at my, my, my phone all the time. We need to be open. We need to be held responsible with each other. We need to say, hey, watch out. Because it starts very innocently. And little by little, it grows. Holding each other accountable Watching our desires, controlling our desires is so important. That's what we need to teach our future men. That's what we need to teach ourselves. We need men in this world that are faithful, faithful to their wives. Fear God. Guard your heart. Select your friends, control your desires, and enjoy your wife. Lesson number five, enjoy your wife. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18 through 19, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Chapter 31, verse 10 through 12, an excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. I hear this all the time from men. Man, I married my best friend. Really? It doesn't show like you did. You're barely at home. You don't want to be with her. You'd rather be somewhere else. One of the things, I fail miserably, gentlemen, but one of the things I really believe I do well is enjoying my wife. I love, love, love being with my wife. I kid you not. She's not even here. I love being with her. I look forward to Fridays and Tuesdays, our date nights. I plan in my mind, this is what we're going to do. I tell her this is what we're going to do because I love being with her. I love being with guys. Don't get me wrong. But I'd rather be with my wife above all else. She truly is my best friend. That's what we need to teach our children, our boys, to truly love their wives. Put God first. Wives second. That's what a godly man looks like. Lesson six, and I'm going to go a little quicker. Pursue your work. We need to teach our boys to pursue their work. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the Anto sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and, and gathers her food in harvest. The ants are just working. No one needs to tell them to work. They just work. We need to work, men. Proverbs 10.4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. 
Now more than ever, our young men are becoming men that just want, 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 want. We are called to be providers. We are called to work. It's been like that since the very beginning. When God created man, he told Adam, this is yours. The garden is yours. Subdue it. Work it. And we are failing. We need to teach our men to work hard to be able to provide. Lesson seven. Manage your money. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Gentlemen, we need to teach our children the importance of tithing. The importance of that worship. Now more than ever, I think we want our children to be rich, to be successful. Nothing wrong with that. But whatever God gives them is his money. We are called as men to be good stewards of what he provides and to tithe. Fear God. Guard your heart. Select your friends. Control your desires. Enjoy your wife. Pursue your work. Manage your money. Number eight, last but not least, serve your neighbor. Chapter 3, verse 27 through 29, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly besides you. We need to teach our men, future men, to serve, to put other needs before theirs. Stop being so selfish and serve. What makes up a godly man? Again, two words. Being a provider and a protector. A provider and a protector. And Solomon clearly wrote out these instructions for his son and for us. The wisest man that ever walked this earth, apart from Jesus, was this man, Solomon. But you know what? Solomon failed. Solomon failed. We read that he has a son who later became king after him, Rehoboam. And this young man turned out to be one of the worst kings ever. So ungodly, so far away from God. And you ask the question, why? It's right there. He, writ, he wrote these instructions to his son. And his son didn't obey? Why? Because Solomon could talk the talk, but he did not walk the walk. Solomon was a hypocrite. Solomon said, do this, do this, do this, but he lived it differently. He had over 600 wives, over 300 concubines. Gentlemen, more is caught than taught. And so Solomon failed because he wasn't living out what he was teaching his boy. Are we being hypocrites? We want our boys to be godly men, but how are you living? We want our young men to be providers and protectors, but are you being a provider and a protector? I think, men, again, enough is enough. 
We need to stand up and follow. Follow God's instructions on how to truly be a man of God, a godly man. Are we going to fail? Absolutely. Man, I fail every day. But one thing I try and do is imitate Christ. Because he never failed. And he will never fail. I love what Paul says. He says this. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11. Man, as long as we focus on that, if we're trying to imitate Christ, we'll be okay. I want to leave you with this commandment. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. Be watchful. Stand firm in faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. In love for Jesus Christ. Gentlemen, we're in a fight. Look around. The world tells us to do something else. But we need to stand up and come together shoulder to shoulder. So here's what I'm going to dare you men watching at home or here. Is join the fight club. Our men's ministry. If you go to our link. Very simple. Or you go to our app gracelaredo.org forward slash men join there's an event there's a calendar there we're going to be serving together because there's a need in our community to come as men and serve we're going to fellowship together we're going to work out we're going to play golf we're going to ride our bikes but more importantly every last friday of the month starting july 30th we're going to have friday night fights Come as men, read God's word, break out into small groups, hold each other accountable, pray for each other, and be men, acting like men. Is anybody with me? I need men, God needs men in this church to change the world. Enough of what the world says a man should be. It's about time we show the world what a real godly man is. If you're ready to make that commitment, men, on your way out, you're going to receive a bracelet that says protector and provider. As a reminder, as you look at your wrist, this is what I'm called to do. This is how a godly man should act. And not only that, if you see another man wearing this, you go up to him and say, are you being a provider and protector? Holding each other accountable is so important. Let's pray. Father, I do, I do give you thanks and praise that your son stepped out of heaven, lived a perfect life. The word says that he was tempted in all ways, but not once did he fall into temptation. Father, I pray I know we'll be tempted as men, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will let us walk in the direction of you and not in the direction of the flesh. Father, it is an honor to be part of your church, Grace Bible Church. And I love, love, love the men that are around me. Father, I pray that you give them the heart, you give me the heart to be real men, that these words don't just last for a day or a minute, but they last for the rest of our lives. When people see the men of grace, they see a different, a 
different man, a true man, a godly man. We love you, Father. And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. I love you, church. Happy Father's Day.